With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I left the city, I've been browsing. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. I'm joined tonight by Adam and John. Back, Both of you guys are back. You know, Mung and I handled the RB1s. We were talking about the Dynasty recap of, of the new guys that are in that top 12. You know, and it's it's always interesting where things change over. Tonight, we brought, brought on the ballers to talk about these next group, right? The biggest difference is... Who are the RB2s? What do we do with them? There's age gaps. There's all kinds of stuff to dissect. So I'm excited to talk about that. Adam, welcome back to the show. I feel like this is like your third time, you know, just starting to get get to be one of the guys and loosen up here a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure to be on and uh, always good to be talking running backs. Just finished up Scott Fishbowl and uh, kind of gearing up for redraft season. So perfect timing. Thanks for and, and the Scott Fishbowl, I mean, this is perfect timing, right? Because a lot of these guys, I'm sitting there during that whole thing and I'm debating, do I want this running back? Do I want that running back? And, and I mean, we I just finished up Smash Except Listener League 6, which is crazy. There's six of them now, John. But, I mean, I, I, I was doing the same kind of thing here. And you guys will, will talk about it. I mean, I, I went crazy running back heavy. You guys both know that. But, I mean, it's just a crazy time of year. It's a fun time of year. John, I know you, you were, you know, deep in it there. Your Scott Fishbowl team – might have just got done yesterday. Mine's been done for like two weeks. No, it just feels Actually, like no. so far behind. <laughs> we're still in it. I'm still no. right in. I might even make some live picks. I think we're in like the 17th round here. But uh, what's up, y'all? John coming back at you. You can find me at Dynasty underscore Trades. Turn me up in your headphones. Let's let's do running backs tonight, dude. Crank up those headphones because this is gonna be a good one. So grab a you know, beer. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm on vacation. You see, I got yeah, like, vacation day. I, yeah, exactly. I got the sunburn going, it. you know. Oh, yeah, I'm yep. roasted, baby. So it's, it's more relaxation time. What I want to talk about tonight is our last last week, just a quick recap, you know, and you guys can interject on this because I think there was – Mung and I were debating a little bit. We had JT in a tier of his own, you know, right now, just with where he goes draft status and everything like no that. No doubt. No doubt. Yep. Tier, tier two, we had Harris, McCaffrey, and Swift, and that tier is almost like a – a tier and a half because then we had Javante and Hall in their own tier as tier three. And they're super close. They're they're knocking on the door. These are all the guys in those two tiers that usually go in that second round. And then rounds three and four, this is where you really get the tiers of some win now, guys. Your Eckler, Mixon, Cook, Chubb. And I, I did it just for Mung, but I put Saquon in that group, some of these other guys above okay. where, where okay. we're at here. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to dissect that next group. Those 13 through what I have is 26 because I feel like there are 13 guys who could fall in that RB2 status. And I think are it's deep right now. I mean, I think running back is deeper than it's been in, in several years. And, John, I know mean, we're going to allude to the 2023 class. 
it's it's only going to get deeper. I mean, if this is absolutely isn't, no doubt and, about it. And when I was thinking about that, you know, I was like, I love all these running backs, but right, but a lot of these guys we're talking about here. Adam, as well, I think you'll agree. These guys are going to fall in a one to two year window because we 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 got Brees Hall, yes. we got Kenny Walker in here. Now next year, mm-hmm. we've been talking about it. If you guys haven't listened to our 2023 specials, there's about five six running backs that are going to come in and potentially be starters. At least, yes, sir. At least three that'll be starters day one, if not up to five six. So this is going to be an interesting area. We talk about a one to two year window with some of these running backs. Yeah, I, I, I love the way you're looking at it. And, and tiering is the right way to do it for both redraft and dynasty. And I like the way you guys had broken it down. But but look, you, you do need to be looking ahead in dynasty. We're going to help you know exactly where these 23 guys fit in. What do you do with these vets? How do I fit in with the, the younger guys and start breaking down some of the tougher tiers for you guys tonight? Yeah, and, and Adam, I know you were doing some startups as well. You were in Smash 6 with me there. And I know you did the year one punt, but you were looking also – or progressive struggle, however you want to look at it. The running back values I was able to get in that draft blew my mind because people are so Seriously. far – they don't want to yeah. win right now. Yeah. You know, and John, you were it's the wild. same way in Smash 5. You know, I just kept <laughs> yeah. taking these guys because yeah. of the running backs. But on the flip side, you know, you do have this one- to two-year window here where it makes interesting – in this range, who to draft, Adam? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, loved your loved your draft. I was following along. I just couldn't believe it, and uh, because I was doing the one year punt, uh, I you know I couldn't take these guys. But yeah, they were just continuing to fall for you. And and I think a lot of people are you know you know a lot of dynasty uh, managers are just ages. You know, mm-hmm. with a lot of guys we're going to be talking about tonight, right? So they're just their natural values within leagues uh, can drop uh, pretty noticeably. Um, and even some of the young guys, you know, injury concerns, is kind of another part of this, these couple of tiers we're going to talk about. So a lot of them, uh, especially for looking to win now are, uh, huge values and, uh, you can, you can take it all the way to the ship. And we talk a lot about these guys. I mean, we're buying production here, right? And that's why John, I know we've spoken in the past a lot about getting those quarterbacks and wide receivers early, because when you take these running backs that fall in the value here, you have some guys that are, you're buying production. You're not buying a long lasting shelf life. You know, you do that with your running right. backs in a startup or you do them in your rookie right. drafts. And that's why, you know, that's why that's one of the builds that you and I both prescribe to. Um, mm-hmm. One of the, one of the tweets I saw the other day that got my mind rolling, Chase Gardner, that's at coach Chase G great guys, you know, shoot him a follow. He said at age 26, Marshall Falk went on to have three seasons of over 1300 rushing yards. Yeah, I know we're, we're in a different era right now, but, these are some of the running backs that are in that age bracket. And we, we this is where, as a dynasty ma- manager, we have a lot to think about, right? I mean, it's it's McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Kamara, Mixon, Aaron Jones, Eckler. These guys are all in that frame. If you had to pick one, maybe two guys in that, that we think, you know, they're 26 now, but they could still be doing this at 29. Who would those be, be out of that group for you guys? Again, McCaffrey, Dalvin, Zeke, Barkley, Kamara. Mixing Aaron Jones and Eckler. Go ahead, Adam. What do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, uh, love, you know, the kind of the big three for me is Cook, Barkley, and Mixon. Um, I think those guys have number one RB upside, a uh, ton of volume, and then not a lot of competition, right? I would say Cook has good, you know, decent competition, but, uh, you know, you're just not scared of anybody. They come with their own complexities, but those guys have the upside and the floor and the volume where I could totally see with their ages that they can, they can smash. So love those three. 
Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, actually. Those would be the guys that I have. And, you know, when you're looking at vets, you're looking to compete in this one to two year window, right? And, you know, for this season, and I, just coming straight off my Scott Fishbowl rankings, you know, I've got Eckler up there at, you know, five overall for the season, Mixon at six, Dalvin at seven, right? Those, those are the guys. Then um, you start getting into some of these even, you know, slightly lower tiered guys like, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Saquon will be the next three for me in terms of this season. Then, then you're getting into James Conner, Zeke, Kamara range. So that's kind of how I have it stacked up for this season and kind of how I look at it on a one to two year window. I love it. You know, and I don't want to I don't want to jump in and put too much interjection in there because I want to move to the next part and start talking about that. I just wanted to get our listeners to start thinking that way. Right. Like Marshall Fox done it. There's been guys that totally. have done it. There's guys. Let's talk about someone right now who's going to be. He's 28 years old. Derrick Henry is going to be 29 years old next year. You know, we were talking about it backstage. Oh, I, boy. Saw, I saw a tweet from 2017 as I'm putting together the show. Where would you value Derrick Henry and value his rookie picks? And it was 107 to 109. We are now in 2022. Where would you value Derrick Henry and rookie picks? It's still 107 to 109, John. And the crazy thing yeah. is, it's like every year we've brought that up, right? Oh, no. You know what? He's starting to break down because he's he's bigger than everybody else. And he's, you know, like, but no, like the man hating on Derrick Henry in a PPR format is one of the most blind criticizes, yeah, criticisms. Yeah, that's been a losing I mean, proposition. 2019, yeah. RB5. 2020, RB3. 2021, RB22 in a half season. He was an RB2 in half the year, you know, and he was on pace again to be a top five running he, back. He was the RB1 in many formats when yeah. he got injured. Keep that in mind. You know, and I think a lot of people are really just throwing him out of the way. You know, they're just like, okay, Derrick Henry, this is the year where he falls off. Value-wise, is he going to increase? Absolutely not. Production-wise, I can still see two RB1 seasons from Derrick Henry because we keep writing him off. I mean, I have him as a top five running back this year, and I'm nowhere near just moving him off there. Now, when I'm doing a dynasty startup, it's a little bit different. You know, he's a little bit older than say, you know, Joe Mixon's 25, Derrick Henry's 28, you know, but Derrick Henry is that ultimate win now piece. And one of our listeners sent in a question, it's bang at bango underscore Lancer. And he said, given this roster, and I'm going to let you break this one down a little bit, Adam, but given this roster, would you trade a 23 first for Derrick Henry? He's got, and he says it'll be Lays, Jalen Hurts and Derek Carr, the quarterbacks, JT, Zeke, Dylan or his three running backs. And then he's got Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman at wide receiver. So the only interesting spot he has there is he has Gabriel De uh, Davis as his RB or his flex two. Is Derrick Henry a guy worth a 23 first? And I know this is something that we have debated a long time. We've talked about it. Let's call this 111, 112, 110 to 112 area. Would you pay that 23 first for him now? I would. That's a great team. I mean, you're talking about being able to put him with JT, right? And then push Elliott down to a flex option. You're talking for a win yeah. now team. Um, yeah, you're not, you know, you're, you're giving up uh, potentially a pretty solid pick. But again, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to win a championship, you know? With yeah, that we are. Build. So at the end of the day, I mean, I think we're all, you know, we're all looking for value, right? We're all trying to get upside. But at some point, you have to go for the ship, right? So I think a build like this, uh, a build like yours, dad and six, right. You, you have to be able to flip the script and buy yes. points. Right. So, so I think, I think there's some hesitancy just in general 
with with uh, teams and coaches out there that are just hesitant to give up, you know, a, you know, to acquire a depreciating asset from a value standpoint. So I think that's the hesitancy, but that also presents the opportunity for teams like this that are trying to win it now. They're in the top quartile where you just want to go for it. So that's my reasoning for the you know the twenty three mm -hmm. first. Um, the only other thing I would add that's pretty you know discussed, but I, I think it's you know for Henry you know, is that yes, he's older, but the mileage is not what it seems to be. You know, he's had three, you know, half a, two and a half seasons of high workload, but that's it. So it's not like we're talking like, um, you know, guys like, you know, when Adrian Peterson was his age, had mm -hmm. way more mileage on the legs, right? So that's one thing I just want to caution folks, you know, that are really worried about him falling off. It, sure, there's injury, injury risk, but he's had one injury and, he doesn't, you know, and at the end of the day, it's still, you know, RB1 upside. So for this team that asked the question to have GT and then Henry as RB2, for me, it's a smash. Yeah, I, yeah. Love that I love that analysis there. I mean, especially what you brought up with the, the usage there as compared to, you know, what some of these other guys, if you look at Zeke, who's been in the league, similar amount, the amount of wear and tear on Zeke versus Derrick Henry. John, he's a guy that I know you are always big on, you know, yeah. and I know I want two part. I'm going to come with you on this is I want okay. you to understand. I want you to talk about, would you pay a 23 first for Derrick Henry right now? And then the second part is, that I've been advocating to a lot of dynasty owners right now, right? Let's say they had, um, you know, let's say they had David Montgomery there instead of Gabriel Davis. What I'm telling people is let's wait till like week six to use that 23 first, because that 23 first will not depreciate in value at all. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about Derrick Henry there. And then am I wrong for doing that? I am telling most people, you know, if I look at that roster, like you said, Adam, I don't want to start Gabriel Davis. So in this particular situation, absolutely. Yeah. I'll pick that 23 first for, for Derrick Henry, if it's going to be late, but if it's a situation where you have a nice stop gap in there, someone that's going to put up some solid points, hold on to that 23 first until you have to move it. And I didn't mean to yeah. steal your thunder, but I want you to talk about that a little yeah. bit for me. Yeah. Old people, although slow and dangerous behind the wheel, <laughs> Can't still serve a purpose. Yes. Don't go dying on me now. No, little little quote. Well done. Uh, but look, I, I I love what you just said, Adam. I want to hit that. Um, yes, I would trade a uh, a late twenty three first, maybe even a mid twenty three first for Derrick Henry on a competing team, right? I think it's absolutely worth it. And even in startups, you can use this to your advantage, Adam. You use the word flip the script. Dad and I love building rosters like this where, yes, we all know you're building around young QBs, young wide receivers. They're going to last longer in the league, therefore better investment. However, Zig, when they zag, load up on running backs, take advantage of the ageism. Old people can't still serve a purpose. <laughs> the purpose being winning your championships. I really do believe that. In, in Smash 1, I kind of took that philosophy. I got Derrick Henry along with Joe Mixon and a few other guys. And it, and it ended up winning me that championship in Scott Fish for redraft. Um, this year, I, I managed to get Derrick Henry at the 301, and I, I, I love that. And, and and I actually believe right now, after you get through JT and CMC, you can make a, a clear argument that Derrick Henry in 2022 is still potentially the next back there, third back overall. I think he's right there with kind of Najee, Eckler, Mixon, Dalvin, I could I, I could easily see him finishing third in points, and and so look look it's absolutely worth it. 
And I, I, I still like building teams around him in that two, three year window. Mm-hmm. We've been saying he's going to fall off for the last five years, like you said, and here we are. Yeah, and I, I think the only reason I was bringing that part up is I was just, if your team is ready and Derek Henry's the final piece, do it. Done. If your Done. team looks close and there's maybe two spots in there, you know, I got a lot of questions like a guy today is like, and we'll talk about his trade, but basically, should I trade Kenny Walker for Leonard Fournette now? And I'm like, mm-hmm. let's wait and see a little bit, you know, like, let's, yeah, sure. it, it, we still sit, have some time it. here. So Hold, hold, and then, you know, make your move when you need to. Exactly. One thing I want to talk about is volume is clearly key. You know, when we look at the top five running backs in attempts plus targets per game. Derrick Henry's number one in the NFL last year at 29.9. So when you add attempts plus targets, and we know targets are huge. The guy who came in second is another guy I think in the dynasty community is, is just way too cheap right now, and that's Alvin Kamara. I mean, Alvin Kamara, I feel like people are worried about the suspension. They feel right. like that is going to – when I saw the Marshall Falk tweet, Alvin Kamara was the first guy to come to my mind because this is a guy who clearly is going to punch it through in the end zone. He's going to get receptions and he doesn't take a lot of, he doesn't take a beating. He doesn't take that wear and tear. So I was looking at it, you know, guys with the most touchdowns in the first five seasons of NFL history, LaDainian Tomlinson, number one at 80, Emmitt Smith, 75, Sean Alexander, 72, Todd Gurley, 70, Alvin Kamara, 68. You know, and I feel like we don't, put that on him. We talk about how many receptions he has. We don't talk about his touchdowns. And I think Alvin Kamara is a guy I have seen slip in every single draft I've been in recently. And I think he's someone who, because of not taking that wear and tear, is going to last longer than, say, a Derrick Henry or or Dalvin Cook in that manner because we haven't had that long set of injuries. I'm not worried about the suspension at all. I feel like he is a nice value here in this, in this area here. Uh, Fantasy Pros has him as RB10 in Dynasty. I see okay. a lot of websites have him RB15 range. I mean, I think this yeah. is someone that I think is going to be around for several years. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I have him into that that 10 to 15 range, both for this year and in Dynasty. This year, I could I could see him, and I, I think that you can buy on the dip there with the suspension. There's actually a lot of analysts out there that have been kind of studying up on this and think he may not get suspended at all for this year. I don't think so, at all. Yeah, yeah I've been saying I, I mean, that for, for right. so long because it's not. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a little uncertainty with them, right? Because the Breeze days are gone. New mm-hmm. coach. You got famous Jameis coming back in there. One thing yep. that's good though, for sure, is that it's not Taysom Hill, right? Because he took the biggest that's hit good. when Taysom Hill was basically calling his own number instead of the those notorious dump offs screens to to Kamara, and so I think that Jameis. Although he's going to throw downfield a lot, um, he, he he's actually, if you look at the numbers, does check down, does dump it off, and they're going to need to use the best weapon they have in that offense, and that's Kamara. I kind of have him pegged at about uh, 13 or 14 for this year, so I think that's about right. You know, you could, mm-hmm. you could probably argue, though, that he could he could definitely sneak into the low RB1 range. Yeah, and I mean, with, with Jameis in there, we look at last week or last year, we were at 23, 9, 26, 18.5, 33, and 38.9 fantasy points. And then there you go. 
Then he goes down, right? And now all of a sudden it's Taysom Hill time. And that's where you see still a couple boom weeks, a couple 30s here and there. Right, but most, right. Some sevens, some eights, some nines. So I think Alvin Kamara, yeah. that, that the ceiling. The splits with Janus look really good. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, it's a touchdown upside, right? It, it, you know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, when Taysom Hill is in there, he's generally doing a lot of those goal line rushes. Um, right on. Pulls, you know, yeah. right? So, so we're talking about what's the upside. And that's one thing I was just going to say with like your – you know, with this, the the guys in this t- these tiers, right? The RB twos is you're looking for guys with RB one upside, right? Mm-hmm. And he has definitely got that RB one upside. And the other thing I would just add, you guys nailed the coach change and everything of considerations that's bringing his value down. Um, but Winston's definitely a positive. Uh, the other thing is just you know, it's very easy to get Mark Ingram right and prioritize him in a draft. Or you can easily get him in a trade if you're already an existing. Practically free, yeah. Yeah, he's practically mm-hmm. free. So, you know, if you're really worried about it. So, I mean, you can pay easily a fourth to get him, mm-hmm. right? And you're talking about a fourth to get a guy that's potentially a top five running back. I mean, in my, in my you know, if you're win it now, again, going back to team built, but, um, you know, it's it's certainly a huge, uh, huge upside and that is value. It's a, uh, it's a big opportunity. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's. Mung and I talked about it last week where we were saying Christian McCaffrey is more of a potential risk than Dalvin Cook. Not injury-wise, but we're saying if Dalvin Cook goes down and you paid a third for Alexander Madison before that happened, you have another RB1, maybe RB2. If Christian McCaffrey goes down, is it going to be Foreman? Is it going to be Hubbard? What are, what's the mix there? And no matter what, it's going to be some form of committee. You know, and like yep, yep. that was – I thought was just – Amazing insight and, and looking at things mm-hmm. and insight. Mm-hmm. And Adam said the same thing there is it'll be Ingram. You know, I mean, people like Tony Jones, but it's not a lot there. You know, it's going to be end up being Ingram. Abram Smith is, you know, yeah, you know, just, just rookie, just learning the system. Yeah, absolutely. The other guy that I'm excited about right now in our, our Patreon chat, you know, would be remiss if we don't talk about that. I mean, guys, guys keep joining every single day. $12 yeah. a year, guys. Fire. In there, talk it in there. And again, Skipped over because I'm on vacation, but draftkits.co. Get those boards, guys. Get those draft boards. 10% off if you go over to draftkits.co. 10% off with code SMASH. I got my kids' board behind me. We're going to have our draft soon. I know Mung ordered his last week. All the guys in the Patreon are like, we got to get these. Literally, they are the best draft boards out there. Every draft, 11 out of the 12 live drafts, or sorry, yeah, 11 out of the 12 live drafts were for Scott draft Fishbowl. boards for Scott yeah. Fishbowl. So, yeah. you know, they are the pros are using them. Definitely. Exactly. So this guy that everybody's been talking about is Aaron Jones. Okay. Aaron Jones last year, Aaron Jones and John, I mean, I had him in smash mm-hmm. one. He went from pretty hot to disappearing in value to this off season. There's a, there's a, there's oh, yeah. a steam going, you know, and Aaron Jones was top 10 in targets last year. You know, that probably does improve with Devonte Adams gone. And it's all about what narrative you tell yourself. No question. Yeah, Jones I, I, earns, absolutely. Yeah, sixty-nine percent more targets without Adams in. So when Adams doesn't play, which is you know it's been a, a small sample size, but his uptick has gone up by almost seventy percent. He saw thirty-six yeah. percent of his team's red zone opportunities. His red zone touches were top ten in the NFL again, and he scores eighty-one percent more touchdowns when Adams is out. I mean, these are some stats that just were blowing my mind as I'm putting things out. Now this, you know, he's in that area where it's like the sixth round of, of drafts. And are we taking a guy like Aaron Jones or are we taking, you know, a wide receiver like, like Jerry Judy? It's an interesting dilemma, but I think Aaron Jones, just like to Adam's point about Derrick Henry, 
Adam Jones or Aaron Jones, not Adam Jones, not Adam Pac-Man Jones. See, I'm still on vacation. Aaron Jones has not had the crazy workload that some of these other guys and has stayed fresh and has shown the ability to be a top five RB year at any point. Yeah. Look, I I think you you have to look at this situation and there's really no dilemma for me. If I'm looking at Aaron Jones or Jerry Judy smashing Jones in that, in that draft, I have him as around the nine, 10 range for this season. We we're kind of joking about it, but I actually think there's a legit chance that the answer to who is the wide receiver one in Green Bay is Aaron Jones. Yeah, I think Rodgers trusts him. He's going to be looking for him a lot. Uh, you know, when these wide receivers, Lazard, Christian Watson, you know, our, our boy Sammy Watkins may or may not be open. He loves working with Jones. He's stated that very, very much. I think we're a little bit worried about A.J. Dillon being a bigger part of the offense. But people forget, like, Aaron Jones is really, really effective in the red zone. If you go, you'll look at those numbers. Mm-hmm. So I'm really comfortable with him for this year. Again, the A.J. Dillon factor is there. And so you kind of have to tap the brakes a little bit in Dynasty. But I'm still loving Aaron Jones. And look, I'm at, here's the, the boom ceiling scenario is, you know, Aaron Jones ends up going somewhere else and Dylan ends up there. If you, if you kind of can figure out a way to pair them both on your roster, you could end up in a situation where you had two RB1s out of that. It's that two for one special we've talked about with with, with what we thought was going to be Chubb and Hunt in the past, and we we yeah, had it temporarily with yeah. Kamara and and Ingram, where Ingram went to Baltimore and actually presented right there. And I, I'm starting to really come around on AJ Dillon as well. You know, I got mm-hmm. him in Smash Six. I think AJ Dillon over the final eight weeks of the season was RB14. You know, that, and that's crazy because we're talking about in a scenario where. He was limited usage. I think both of these guys have found a way to coexist. They've done it over the the final weeks there. But we have a a scenario here where we have two guys where if either go down, they are a surefire RB1. If both stay healthy, I think we have Jones possibly back-end RB1, Dylan RB2, and both of these guys could really eat. Uh, Adam, talk to me a little bit about the Green Bay scenario and how you see that shaking out. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Aaron Jones, like I got him in Smash Four um, as as my RB three, and I was totally stoked for that because of you know you guys all nailed it. Uh, what I just add is um, you know don't forget that they can run both of those running backs out there in formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking especially in goal line scenarios. Uh, Aaron Rodgers loves to work work on the line of scrimmage. They can push Aaron Jones out while keeping. Uh, Dylan in right so thinking about how, how defenses are going to play them that's a nightmare even if you don't have Devontae Adams certainly I don't want to understate Devontae Adams leaving that pass offense and how that affects it but yeah, I think a lot of folks that are are bearish on Green Bay's offenses here is taking you know from a fantasy perspective not taking into account that Jones to your point dad is going to get a lot of targets so his upside and, and what do we want out of running backs when we're talking about um, volume you know, a catch is worth more than a carry, mm-hmm. right? So, that's right. That's uh, so right. from an upside, he still has touchdown equity, right? Mm-hmm. He still has, uh, you know, catch. You know, you're, it, it would it shock you guys if he has, you know, fifteen to twenty percent target share in that offense this year? It wouldn't for me, right? Um, so I think just Not you know, all. you're looking no. from a floor and a ceiling perspective in this range. I agree with you, John. It's uh, it, it's definitely a smash. Now again, build build wise, right? If you're in a one two year punt then yeah, it's not going to be your pick, but certainly you can still work the values. But yeah, if you're, if you're a contending team looking for a solid RB two with RB one upside love Jones this year. 
Now, here's the three guys where it gets a little bit tricky. So we, we wanted to establish those guys in that 26 to 28 range and where they rank. And Kamara's 10, Derrick Henry's 13, Aaron Jones is 19, according to Fantasy Pros. I got three guys here in the 20s that I think could really be a more of a one-year. You know, I feel like they could drag into next year a little bit more. But we have formerly known as Leonard Fournette, maybe now Leonard Fivenet because he's put on that extra weight. We got Zeke at 24, Leonard Fournette at 21, and James Conner at 26. So these are three guys that I think, John, you've been diving into the 2022-type rankings, but these are three guys that at right. your back-end RB2, who I believe, no pun intended here to Leonard Fournette, they could eat. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And of that, that group, I've got Lenny as uh, the, the best opportunity for this season. I have him right now at eight overall for 2022. And frankly, I'm buying them everywhere I can based on this little weight article that came out. Not even slightly worried. Like, <laughs> take anything you can, cow, especially for you redrafters out there. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find my cowbell. <laughs> yeah, it's just so obvious. Like, he's going to be in game shape. Yeah. I mean, listen to this about <laughs> Leonard Fournette. So you got, I mean, I have him in Smash. I think I have him in five out of the six Smash Leagues. Leonard Fournette led the NFL in targets per game. We need to expect this kind of usage. Stuff. My son just found my cowbell. Let's go. That's the dinner bell for Leonard Fournette, actually. So we're going to – Got a fever. The, you got a fever. The only prescription is more cowbell. But I, honestly, I think this usage even goes up more, more that's with right. Gronk retiring. You know, we got to look at Chris Godwin missing time. I know everybody's worried about the weight. But, I mean, we're talking about we have some time here. We got two-plus months for him to get into shape. We have a guy who's third in red zone opportunity share. Only Jonathan Taylor and Kamara saw more usage in that last year. 3.9 red zone touches per game because of the offense he's in. Per game, man. Like, seriously, that's third in the NFL. We got a guy who is we, – we put this together of elite passing game work, a fantastic rushing back, running back, and strong red zone opportunity. Why would you not want him? I mean, I, I can see – going out there and trying to make a purchase for white now i think rashad white if given an opportunity would be all right but leonard fournette last year was at 69.9 percent on his grading for being able to block as well you know that was the thing white is going to struggle in that area what is the biggest priority for the bucks it's keeping tom brady upright if tom brady goes down the team's done you know so leonard that's fournette it. that's yep. it I know I'm I'm more bullish, yeah. and I get up on my soapbox when people talk down about Leonard Fournette. I must have had 20 DMs after the weight thing saying, hey, what do I do with Leonard Fournette? You hold him. Like, yep. you're not selling him now. Like, what's the point of selling him now, you know? And, and no, Adam, I mean, the now, in the draft of Smash 6, I was able to trade. I, I took Brees Hall at 210 and traded 210 for Leonard Fournette and a 23 first, you know, so I was able to, to move around that way. I think Leonard Fournette is a guy that I think has good upside for this year and a little bit into next year as well. So he's my top guy out of that group, Adam, between Connor Fournette and Zeke, are you, are you bringing it home three for three? Or are you going to change yeah. it up on us? No, hundred percent Fournette, uh, same reasons, but I, I got to say all three of these guys have a very consistent message from, we're talking about volume opportunity mm -hmm. and that is follow the money. Right. Think about yeah. all three. Right. Connor just got a bag. Zeke's had a bag and they're they're locked into him for at least this year. Right. And then Fournette just got a bag. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're not they are not. And everybody that's worried about the mm -hmm. rookie. Think about this. He's getting paid seven contracts. mil a year. 
12 million guarantee, they're not going to not give him volume. You know, that, that just would make zero sense to do that. And it's a smart team, right? So, I mean, yeah, he's overweight. He'll run yeah. it up, you know, and it's, and then that's the other thing that just blows my mind. It's not like he was the most skinny guy the whole, his whole career, mm-hmm. right? Think about his rookie, you know, they had similar issues uh, back when he was in Jacksonville, right? He didn't come that heavy, but I mean, it didn't come into camp. Like what was it one camp that he came in? you know, extremely ripped, ready to go. I can't think of one. No. Right. So he, that's the other that plays it like it's eighties football where it's like yeah. the training camp gets him <laughs> in shape, you know, where the rest of these guys are, you're seeing videos right. of, of Zeke and Saquon and, and guys that are just, you know, yoked right now. And they, he's at Leonard Prince, like, I'll be there, dude. Just chill. You know, like, yeah. I want to, I want to just got a bag. Let him go to a, go, let him go to an all you need place. I, you know, yeah. guys, I'm going to throw this out there with, with Lenny. I still think he gets oh, 60 receptions this season. Yes. No, I agree. I well, think, especially I with their own line changes, right? With their own line changes, mm-hmm. it's quite possible that, that, that Brady throws more to the running back position this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So, guys, go out there and buy Leonard Fournette on the cheap. You know, hit us up with some offers. The guy I just alluded to, Zeke, right now, I, I mean, it is a preseason tradition like no other, but it's Ezekiel Elliott looks better than he ever has looked, is what we say every year, right? Because that's what you see on Twitter every single, you know, time we get to training camp, every time Derrick Henry's in training camp, we talk about how he's old and we should move on. But, I mean, Zeke has never finished below RB12. He's coming off RB6 overall. John, I drafted him in Smash 6 at 8-12, two picks before Tony Pollard. So the, Come the Smash, on. The Smash he's 26. Set, he's 26. Come on. And he was RB6 <laughs> last year. I have never seen someone as a top six running back people have just written off completely. Do I think Zeke is due for a, a decline? After this year, I think so. But I think with the offensive line, with the offense in general, we're still going to look at another RB1 season from Zeke. And then, you know, this he's become a discount at this point. Well, and, and look, I mean, it, it, the thing is, he wasn't passing the eye test. We, no. Okay, we get it. The guy was playing hurt, like really hurt. But he's grinding it out. He kind of got to hand it to him. And, and look, he, he's definitely health. And, and yeah, everybody right now is in the best shape of their lives. We're at that point in the offseason, right? But I mean, if, realistically, yeah, he's still, I think for this year, he's going to finish in the top 15. And everybody's worried about Pollard. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Pollard did look a little bit quicker uh, compared to hurt Zeke. But as you said, Adam, he he's getting paid. Jerry Jones is going to keep feeding that guy. And, and so the, the workload's going to be there. High-profile offense. He's still the lead back. I still think that he finishes with over, let's say, 1,100 yards. He's he's always going to be the the lead focus in the red zone. I think you're looking at double-digit touchdowns for, for Zeke again this year. So that's kind of where I've got him, probably like 14, 15 range for 2022. And I love Tony Pollard, but we're in a situation where Tony Pollard, he – on the eye test looked better than Zeke last year, but does that mean he did? Are they going to, are they going to all of a sudden be like, you know what? I know we pay Zeke a ton of money. Let's put him on the back burner and see what Pollard does. And then we'll just up to it. That, I mean, no, this, the formula is there. Zeke is going to be that guy. If Zeke goes down, yes, Pollard is the best handcuff in the game. He's better than a handcuff. You know, it's, it's like we talk about Dylan and Pollard and hunt and Melvin Gordon. Those were guys that I smashed in Scott Fishbowl because I'm like, these guys have standalone flex value with an injury. They absolutely ball out. But I cannot see a scenario here, Adam, where Pollard eats 
more into Zeke where Zeke falls out of that at least top 15 running back situation. No, I mean, Pollard is a great catching running back with speed, right? That's the role in the offense, right? And that's not a bad thing to, to complement what Zeke is, which Zeke can catch the ball, but he's not in the part of his career where, he, and he's never been a high speed guy, right? Um, so I, I, one thing I would just say to just kind of when we're looking at, again, these RB2s like we have been, you know, a lot of them have some sort of concern. We've been talking mm -hmm. about them and Zeke's another one where, you know, uh, it's health and it's how many, you know, how many miles does he have on him, Right. But at the end of the day, you have to look at what's the market price for him, And it's, it's, it is beyond priced in. Right. So you got to take into account what's the price, what's the Apparently risk. Apparently the late eight rounds. Like that's ridiculous. Startup. Yeah, that's the, the exactly. Price. Like, like, like the, the, price, the price of Pollard. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the price is, is to your point, dad, like Pollard was picked probably generally it's within a round, right? Mm -hmm. in, in most drafts, like, and there's a monumental difference in volume and upside between those two. Monumental. Yeah, we're at a spot here where, and I, I got to bring up a poll that my boy, fantasy nerd boy at nerd boy takes, go follow him. He's going to be jumping on the pod from time yeah, to time. Great follow. But He's a baller. He, he yeah. put out, you know, what do we compare these guys into 2023? First, Zeke, 10% of people said that they would pay a 23 first for Zeke. I started asking around in my leagues. I was like, what do you what what would you sell Zeke for? It said two seconds. Then I was like, what do you sell Pollard for? Two seconds. They're pretty much the same. I mean, they're like when you go to your league mm -hmm. mates, you can buy mm -hmm. one or you can buy the other, you know. And I think I, I wanna I wanna go over these polls real quick because we've been talking about these values. Um, you know, Kamara, 71% said that they will take the 23 first. Uh we got, let's see who else, Leonard Fournette, 88% said that they would take the 23 first side. Nick Chubb, 63%. Aaron Jones, 75%. Kenny Walker, 70%. I mean, we're saying random first, you know, like Elijah Mitchell, 90%. The only guys in this poll even that are close, it's Etienne people would give up a first. And I mean, like we're at a spot here, John, where, and everybody keeps asking me, I want to buy this running back, but I don't want to give up a 23 first. Start floating those 24 first, you know, like if you can hold on to your first, and you could buy Leonard Fournette for a 24 first is what I've been telling everybody. Do it. Because if that if that 23 first you can use for something else, you can get that 24 first back again. We talk about that class. It could be decent. But I think it's a lot easier to get that pick back than it is these 23 firsts that are so coveted right now. Yeah, and, it, and, and look, we're kind of, it's kind of difficult, right? Like I feel like every pod we're saying you may want to hold – on some of these decisions until you have a slightly better idea where you think the 23 first is going to be because if it is late you, you still you know at some point may want to trade it for that last piece that you need mm -hmm. and dare i say maybe even like a zeke okay you know maybe not going to do that right now or or better yet like you said the 24 first but i'm, I'm just going to come back to this the 23 class it's so special primarily for running backs. And then I'll say next QBs. This is where it comes in where the pick is, right? If it's an early 23 first, if it's one hundred one, and you're I have as and it, this sounds like wild, but I would already put him in the five, six, seven range dynasty running backs. Now uh, I think he could mm -hmm. be close to a first round start of value when he, when he, um, goes to draft, which I, I kind of expect him to go in the first round. But you also got Zach Evans, you got Jameer Gibbs, 
these guys could be that back end of the RB1 range um, just right out of the draft. They're just that good. Maybe maybe it's in the RB2 range in terms of value. So you know, keep that in mind. Those guys are going to be more to the, the mid to late 23 first range. Let's say mid picks. I could see them going like five, six, seven, eight range if they perform well there this season. So you got to kind of know where, where these running backs are going to be. And if you don't think you're going to hit on one of those guys, maybe you move a late 23 first and pick up a vet and go win a shift. And I think we're going to be doing this all year. You know what I mean? I feel like every time we talk about this, it's it's you just got to dig deep every oh, yeah. single time. Don't just throw that 23 first out there like last year. Last year, this time, yeah, give me Leonard Fournette for a 22 first. Absolutely. I don't care what happens in the back half of that first. And you guys are seeing it now. That back half of that first is kind of gross. <laughs> right. You know, right. it's not where I want to be. It's not in that area. So um, the last guy that we talked about, what's that? What'd you say? That was just my Jimmy Fallon. Just my Jimmy Fallon. The, ew. <laughs> ew. That's my best. I love it. I, rushing attempts. We're looking at, at James Conner. Rushing attempts inside the top five last year. It's Jonathan Taylor. Then it's James Conner. I mean, we talk about James Conner in a light where Chase Edmonds leaving. Some people feel like that hurts his dynasty stock. And I'm just, I'm a little lost. Adam, Conner feels like another guy that's a nice cheap fill-in. Absolutely. I would say, you know, similar to Aaron Jones, right? You're talking about uh, Nuke being out for the first six games, right? So you're talking about more added targets in the beginning of the season. He's already got high upside touchdown equity and his prices, you know, again, you can get him around what you're getting Tony Pollard, right? You know, um, so from a price, the risk perspective, again, follow the money. They gave him a bag. They're not going, there's nobody behind him you're worried about giving up large target shares and or uh, carries too. So he's going to have RB1 uh, volume. He's talented. He's shown us he can he can punch it in the goal line, right? So I, I he's another good example of just really high upside and also a really high floor at a very cheap price. So he he's he's a perfect like Aaron Jones, one of my top uh, top guys that I'm trying to acquire in a uh, in a uh, position of a team that's trying to win a ship. Dude, I absolutely love it. And I know I I'm You've seen my style. I buy a lot of these guys in this area because I feel like I'm just going to use the last of that value that they have here. You know, and there, there's so many guys that I think belong in this area, guys that I think that are going to win you some ships. It's just a matter of timing, you know. And two guys that I've been talking about, or one that I was talking about, one that Mung was talking about, but I'm going to talk about mine here, who I believe belongs in that RB1 status, and he's right there. So the last time we saw Travis Etienne – being being an absolute baller talking out here you know as i have a tweet here from curtis patrick you guys know i play with him in in uh, ffpc pros and joes he said the entire top tier of the 2020 running back class right he said is taylor swift etienne and dobbins he belongs in that area now obviously he went back his senior senior year but this is a guy who i think if if he stays healthy we're going to have a Travis ATN breakout season. John, I've been I've been saying that for months. The value has just climbed steadily. I know when I first said this back in May where I am trying to trade my Eckler shares for Etienne in a first, you and Mung were like, I don't know about that. you know. And it's just steadily climbed up to a point where Travis ATN breakout season, I, I feel like, is just a thing. Like everybody's like, it's it's a known thing that's going to happen now. 
it's almost become like a consensus view. And I have to tell you, the the price tag now has got it's me a, a little concerned. Nope. You can't do I'm, it now. I'm behind market value. Yeah, it's too late. You, so had you been listening to you in the pod, you, you might have made those moves. But I caution we, against it at this point. We did that breakout stars, right? And like, honestly, all of them have yeah. really caught steam. So if you guys made the trades back then, I mean, that's one of the biggest things. I want to start a little debate here because this went on in the Patreon. I, w- I tried not to get overly involved here. You guys all know Mung loves Barkley. A lot of guys love Barkley in there right now. And I saw a couple trades straight up one for one at the end for Barkley. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys talk about it real close, real quick, and how close it really is. Because I, I feel like both you guys are going to lean on the Saquon side, but I want to know how close it really is for you guys. Adam, I'm going to go with you first here. And I mean, we're talking just standard 12 team PPR, uh, no points per carry. Yeah, and, and I'm, I would say I'm a, I'm a above market on Barkley, so just say that. Um, but I will say ETN uh, through Dad and just li- and just kind of looking at his college a little bit more closely, um, he has workhorse ability. Um, so for for me, I'm still Barkley, but I would I would say that it's closer than I probably if you asked me a couple months ago, I would have just you know. It would have been dismissive, right? Uh, yeah, like, dismissive. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So, so it, it's more, at least it's a conversation. It's a conversation now. I think value wise, I'm definitely taking Barkley. But if you're, you know, if you say, you know, Barkley for, you know, if you're going to give me ETN in a second or something like, you know, something like that, uh, or third, you know, depending on what year you're talking about, then that's, you know, that's something I'd strongly consider. Right? Yeah. And I think uh, the second's where it's at, you know, and I think yeah. that's, that's the play there for sure. I, John, if Saquon Barkley gets yep. injured, I mean, narratives are huge, right? The narrative on ETN is, oh, oh, that was a fluke incident. He's never going to get hurt again. This is going to be a guaranteed RB1 season. The narrative on Barkley, I mean, like, if he gets hurt again, where does that value go? You know what I mean? Like, that value has the out. Even if, if ETN goes down oh this gosh. year after, like, six games, that value is still going to be pretty close because we haven't seen a lot. But then he's starting to get in that same Saquon area where Saquon, the injuries for Saquon and Christian McCaffrey have made it where – if they have another injury, the value on these guys, and I'm not saying they can't still put up production, but dynasty matters. If you don't, you know, like it's what I, what have you done for me lately? Because as soon as people start feeling someone's injury prone, the trade ability is very difficult. Yeah. They just, I'll just jump in real quick. John is that those the, two going back for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, it's just think of the insulation, right? That and, and those two don't have uh, insulation within their value um, because of the the injury risk. But go ahead, John. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I, I just was going to say, I think that those are the two biggest risk reward players in 2022 at the running back position is Saquon and CMC. Like, I'm just going to cry myself to sleep if one of those guys goes down because their dynasty value is just going to plummet. So, but at the same time, like comparing Saquon and ETN, for me, I have Saquon higher in dynasty and in redraft. I've got Saquon in the low RB1 range. And, and ETN, I think, in the career up there, I would agree that in the same tier now, but I still, still believe that Saquon just has the better overall profile and more athleticism, Similar type of offense, I think, for this year. I still think that James Robinson, not a popular opinion maybe, is still going to play a key role. 
Doug Peterson and, and the staff seem to think that way when he comes back. And I'm not sure they're really going to commit to Etienne in, in a full three-down role. We'll see. If he can establish himself as that guy early in the season, it's going to get really exciting for Etienne. I think that's what people are betting on. But if I had to choose between the two, for me, it's still uh, – I'll say a pretty clear edge to Saquon. Yeah, and I, welcome, I, I see that. If you can get that second on there. The thing that I was talking about with Etienne last week, and this is from, from Alex Caruso – Travis Etienne is one of 12 running backs to get a 90-plus grade from next-gen stat. 100% of those running backs to earn a 90-plus grade have had a top-12 finish in fantasy. So I believe it. It is, it is imminent. It is going to happen. Let's talk about, let's say Etienne is top-12 this year and Saquon finishes in that same area. Given the age factor, I mean, they're going to be very neck and neck. I feel like the insulation still could be there to move off a little bit. Yep. I get it, though. I get it because you know I love Saquon, so I'm not trying to trash Saquon. It's just the way the, the value goes. Another guy that's similar in that area is Cam Akers. He also falls in that fringe RB1, RB2 area. Uh, our boy Wyatt, you know, who, who supplied us with the SFB stuff, Wyatt B underscore FF. If you take Cam Akers' stats in the last seven games played, including playoffs, his 16-game pace for this year would be 322 carries, 1474 yards, nine, nine touchdowns, 25 catches for 336. That's the nice, fluffy idea of everybody wanting in on Cam Akers. The other side is 2020 Cam Akers prior to tearing his ACL statistics. Points per opportunity, 72nd in the league. Points per – or yards per touch, 38. True yards per carry, 57th. Juke rate, 44th. Yards created per touch, 51st. Production premium, 122nd. You know, we're in a situation, which Cam Akers will we see? You know, like, who is Cam Akers? We're in a spot here, John, where we've never been because it was like 2020 before tearing his ACL, he looked – or I'm sorry, 2020 before tearing his ACL, we saw a, a 2020 season – it was not very pretty. The playoffs were beautiful, right? And then we got to a spot where now we're talking about he, he tore his ACL and he's bounced back his value because he came back on the field so quickly. Where do you see Cam Akers for this year? And right. how aggressively should we be buying? I've been advocating selling for any 23 first because of the injury, because of how often those kind of things happen and where that player goes from there. Yeah, I think it's going to be somewhere in between. Right. I, I think that, look, the, let's say he's 80 percent of what he was when he was really peaking there in the playoffs. The injury, he's not let's say he's not completely recovered. He is still in an absolutely elite offense. And we That's know yep. that will depend on him in the red zone. He's going to get plenty of touches. So I have him in the mid RB2 range for this season. I'm, you know, it's, a, it's being a little bit cautious with that. And Dynasty, he's certainly higher. Like you said, he's in that kind of fringe, low RB1, higher RB2. I probably have been about 14, 15 in my Dynasty running back rankings. I like Cam Akers, though, and I would still take him over some of the other guys kind of in that tier. I like it. Um, Adam, I mean, where are you following this? Because this is like – I feel like this is a very – debatable you know, thing that we could definitely spend some serious time on. What I've been doing is I've been finding myself – stashing in you know Kieran Williams Daryl Henderson I've been getting them on the cheap side because what John what you're saying there is I mean we want that elite piece 
from the elite offense, you know, and that, that running back position is going to eat no matter what here. Yeah. Let, let me, uh, let me ask you two, two words and I want your guys' initial reaction to the two words, Sony, Michelle. Okay. So, yeah. 2021, <laughs> oh, yeah. 2021, 208 attempts, 845 yards, four touchdowns on the ground, one on the, and then 128 receiving with one touchdown and he's dust. Right. So mm-hmm. back to John's point in this offense, when you have the, you, you have so much opportunity. So even, you know, I, I totally get the arguments with the injury and even with lack of efficiency, you can't get more inefficient than Sony Michelle is my argument. So for me, he's definitely a buy. Now I'm overpaying for him. No, there's still risks back to John and both of your points. Right. So it's certainly just like anybody else depends on the price. I think that's one of our, the show's uh, biggest things that we always say. Right. But at, at cost in the market, I'm definitely buying him. I, he's another running back that I bought um, in Smash 4. I've got Chubb, Akers, and we talked about our my boy uh, uh, Aaron Jones a minute ago, right? So those are the type of guys with that type of upside, and he's also younger. So if talk about he still got insulation, um, and if if he has a top five season, what's his value next season? Mm-hmm. No, it's, so, it's, it'll definitely be on the rise for sure. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Staying in the same area, talking about injuries. I want to talk a little bit about J.K. Dobbins, right? I mean, we were looking at things from Jesse Morse was saying a summary of his injury, given the ACL and the LCL. We're looking at 12 to 15 months, no setback, you know? So we have a a situation. Week one is possible. He says he's coming out. Schefter was saying it sounds like it might not happen. I think on the podcast in general, we've been fairly in between on J.K. Dobbins. I'm okay buying J.K. Dobbins because I think he comes out and and produces right off the bat. But we've had, kind of like Leonard Fournette, based off the news, John, a little bit of a buying window here for him. I know you've been a little bit higher than than most on the podcast. Should we be going in? I mean, when we talk about ACL injuries, MCL, PCL, LCL, there is damage to other areas, so it does happen. But I think J.K. Dobbins now has put himself in an elite offense as a potential buy low. I think he's absolutely a buy low. I think I am the highest uh, J.K. Dobbins on on the Smash Pod, and I, you know I, I love that he was calling out <laughs> Ian Rappaport. Yeah, I, you know he he's he's really trying to to get out there week one, and he just has that elite profile. I mean, a lot of people were still back and forth between him and J.T. coming out in that class, if you recall. He has everything he needs to be successful. He's in a run heavy offense. Even if he shares some of the workload with Gus Bus, you know, I, we, we've gone back and forth on this. It really kind of does come back down to his health. But in mm-hmm. Dynasty, look, I think that I would take J.K. Dobbins ahead of Antonio Gibson. I would take him ahead of Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, Elijah Mitchell. Yep. I mean, I'd take him ahead of all those guys. And, and, that's and still I think where he's, he's going to have a good season. Yeah. Fantasy yeah. Pros has him at 16. Gibson 17, Walker 18, Jones 19, and then and David Montgomery at 20. Okay. Um, and, I, and I think the, the ceiling there is higher than some of those other players in that area for sure. Um, I think, you know, we're we getting so. to it. What's that? You yeah, think I think so. so. Well? Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're, since we're getting a little bit low on time, the guy that I kind of buy in this area, you know, and I, I, Man, I wanted him in Smash 6. I talk about him all the time. But David Montgomery and Elijah Mitchell are starting to move up boards a little bit for me. I mean, you look at Arby's, 
you know, in 2021 with 200 plus carries, 40 targets and under the age of 25, these, some of these guys fall in here. And there are very few guys that did that. I mean, last year, so under the age of 25, 200 plus carries, 40 plus targets, it's Taylor Harris, Javante, and we all know where their values are. But then it's Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, and Josh Jacobs. I think David Montgomery is a guy that is just criminally undervalued because he isn't sexy, right? Like he just goes out there and he puts up points. Two years ago, he was winning your championships. Last year, he's just a solid RB2. He just puts up those points for you. And I think, again, he's going to be in that same area. Antonio Gibson, obviously talented. We, John, you and I both love Antonio Gibson. But I don't think that as long as McKissick is there, and it's crazy, right? If you look at target share with McKissick, 9.3% without 17. Snap share, 47 to 65. Opportunities, 17 to 19. Points per game drops from 16 to 14. You can't argue the facts that now they're talking about Brian Robinson getting involved there too. So it's like, we love Gibson. We, we love guys in this area. But it's also, like Adam said, it's it's a little bit riskier because there are scenarios that some of these guys, this is why they're RB2s and not RB1s. Yeah, he doesn't have that RB1 upside like these other guys do. Nope. With, with volume, with opportunity, with the offense itself, right? So that's where I, I'm out at this price, uh, even though I love the talent, right? So that's, you know, it's just one of those things that you just always got to look for the floor and, and, and the uh, ceiling. And honestly, I think Gibson has a tough floor and a tough ceiling because of everything that you just detailed out, and I totally agree. The, the other guy that's in this area, John and Adam, I mean, Kenny Walker, we loved during the draft process, right? And and so many analysts came on here and said he was like almost a 1B to Brees Hall. Brees Hall goes 210. Kenny yeah. Walker goes in the fifth or sixth. Kenny Walker has gone from people saying, ah, maybe a top 10 dynasty running back to falling all the way down to 18 because of Seattle. I'm seeing Kenny Walker being a fairly good value where I've, like I said, I've, I saw people flipping Fournette for Kenny Walker, you know, and I'm like, depending on your situation, I think we're, we're pushing him out a little bit too fast. Yeah. I think he's one of those. Yeah. I I I think that everyone. We have that one second. (laughs) You're good. No, so I, I think that we have definitely overcorrected on Kenny Walker. I, I think that it's for two reasons. We're hearing about our the, the you know it's it's a QB situation that we're concerned with. Number one, you know you know I get it, Geno Smith and Drew Locke, uh, but but look, that's gonna that's gonna get fixed. They might even trade for a vet quarterback or grab one of the you know top QBs coming out of the draft. But it, it's also just uh, the Rashad Penny narrative that we're hearing right now that he could be the, the lead back, but we're buying Kenny Walker for, for year two and beyond in dynasty. Rashad Penny as a bell cow talk blows my mind because right? aside from the final six weeks of last year, he has been a ghost. Like he just disappeared. Like there was a, for a year and a half, we had no sightings of Rashad Penny of any value here right now, you know? And I think now we're just like, I'm not buying into that. I'm not buying into Rashad Penny. I think Kenny Walker jumps in. Adam, I know you were trying to jump in there with that as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, we just talked about Dobbins, right? Think about Dobbins' rookie year. The type of offense, right? A lot of not, – not it's a very run-happy ha- offense. 
right? And you have uh, an, an older person, you know, Mark Ingram at the time, right? The, yeah. Ahead of him. So I think the expectation is exactly what you said. He's a, he's a year two guy that you're shooting for. He's super young and talented. So from a from a, I actually think he's an excellent target. Even though you know, uh, you know, Dad Wright went for for one year punts and and type of uh, trying to build for the future. We don't generally go running back, but I think he's an excellent buy mm-hmm. for teams that are one year punt. Like next year, I want Kenny Walker on yeah. my team when I'm looking to acquire running backs at that point. So not only for the appreciation, but he's a great starter next year. So that that's actually a really good target for me for that type of a team. On. Fantasy Nerd Boys poll, Kenny Walker, 75, 70% of people said they'd rather have a random 23 first than Kenny Walker. And Kenny Walker in a lot of drafts was going 103. I saw him go as high as 102. You know, he was in that area. So that's where we were talking about the cutoff. The other guy that 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 is, interests me in this group, and I know we talk about San Francisco always having, you know, the next guy up type mentality. But when you make the case for Elijah Mitchell, he has elite athlete. He was an elite athlete. He's efficient, yard yardage creator, volume, receiving upside, run heavy system. You know, the, the only thing he's still affordable. The only thing is the draft capital. You take that away and you put his. If we say he was drafted in round two, based off the season that he had last year, Elijah Mitchell would be top twelve. I know that sounds crazy, but Elijah Mitchell has the ceiling to be an RB1 again. I know Mung is, and I have talked about it quite a bit, but I think Elijah Mitchell is still, I bought him in that FFPC league as the 112 and a contender to try to repeat last year, you know, 22-112. And I think I think we're at a spot here where Elijah Mitchell feels like good value. Um, but it, it doesn't feel right 100%. You know, like if we said he was a round two draft pick, I would smash him right there, Adam. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, the biggest risk for him is certainly injury. Um, and then also, you know, they, they keep draft, drafting running backs with good uh, equity every single year. Mm-hmm. So there's always concern about is is uh, is there, you know, insulation within his volume structure within the offense long term. Right. But I think, again, going back to what are you getting, what price are you getting him at? At the end of the day, you're getting him for, you know, basically two seconds and he's on one of the best running offenses in, in the league. And that's not even considering how good potentially, you know, with Trey Lance. And I know Mung and I are, are big Trey Lance guys, but I mean, you have to consider that upside too. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think for me, it's just, you know, at his price point, I think the risk is baked in. John, we're going to end it this way is, so we talked about all the RB2s. You got to, you got to pick now. I want a win now RB2 and then a middle of the road RB2 of who you're rolling with, because I feel like, there, there's a different type mentality and let's, let's do all three. So give me a win now out of this group, who you take a middle of the pack, who you're taking and why. And if you're a younger team, what's that running back that you want here in this situation out of these 12. Okay. Yeah. My win now I'm going to stay on brand and I'm just going to stick with Derek Henry. I, I think he's going to absolutely smash again this year. And I have him on a lot of rosters to prove it. I think that the middle of the road guy that, that we talked about that'll come back to as a, as a nice investment is AJ Dillon. And, and then a guy, a young guy that we just talked about again, that I think is way undervalued that I think is a buy right now for sure is Kenny Walker. I still believe that he he's going to be a force in this league. You're just going to have to be a little bit patient with him. I like it. Adam, same, same question, you know, give me, you're a win now you're a middle of the pack. And I, because people just look at running backs and they feel like it's all the same. And when you talk about these RB twos, it's clearly not. I mean, there is a a guy that fits 
all of those builds better than the other. Yeah, for win now, I'm going back to my boy Aaron Jones uh, for the reasons I gave earlier. It's just too much upside uh, and, and high floor. Um, and then uh, middle of the pack, I, I think ETN's a perfect fit for a medium, medium of the attack because you have enough insulation, but also potentially production this year. And then Kenny Walker, for me, is uh, definitely the buy for, uh, your you, again, your one-year punt for me. I like it. Guys, this was a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed, you know, chopping it up with you guys. You know, I'm on vacation, but I it just – this is enjoyable. This is going to really set me on the right path here. And I know I get so many comments about that, about our podcast. If, you know, we didn't go and trash all of the players here. They're like, you guys are so upbeat. You know, it, it kind of sets my tone for my Wednesday or my Thursday or however I do things. So thanks again for all of you listeners. And you're like, we absolutely love having you guys a part of things. If you guys, you know, again, join that Patreon and it almost becomes, dude, it's a family now. It is growing every single day and the, the the comments in there are phenomenal so again guys appreciate all the all the support everything that you guys have done for us thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process <laughs>